Wrestling Contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. Happy New Year's, peeps. Welcome to a very special episode of the Fretzelmania podcast. Episode number 99, the Gretzky one. We're getting close to episode 100. It's a couple of weeks away yet, but first... Let's take a left turn at Albuquerque and unlike Bugs Bunny, actually plan for this one because January 2nd, 2003's episode of SmackDown is coming from Albuquerque, New Mexico, a city that I have been to before and it's, you know what, it's kind of nice. I got to go on the outskirts of the city as well, rode on classic Route 66 and had Quite possibly one of the best tacos I ever had at just some random greasy spoon on Old Route 66 outside of Albuquerque. It was simple. It was just beef cheese and a homemade hard tortilla. It was damn good. Now, before I get into the rigors of this week's SmackDown, I'd like to talk about what else is going on in the world of wrestling. Uh, During that week, it was still the holiday season. It was just after Christmas. And that little awkward period between Christmas and New Year's, and I'm here recording this on New Year's Day, 2023, there's not a lot going on. There's a lot of recap shows. There's a lot of best ofs. But I can give you the results from Velocity that were taped previous to this show, airing on Saturday, January 4th. 2003. The Crazy Cousins themselves, Nunzio and Jamie Noble, defeated Jim Lucas and Jeff Michaels. No relation to Sean or Brett. A-Train defeated Derek Selsvold. I don't know who that is and I didn't bother looking it up. Funaki defeated Charles Shipwright. And no, that is not a pirate gimmick of Charles Papa Shango, the Godfather Wright. And in the main event, what else could it be but Chavo Guerrero defeating Tajiri? Death, taxes, and Tadger's jobbing in the main event of Velocity. And before I get into episode 99, folks, I just want to shout out all you folks who have been listening for the past several years that I've been doing this on Russell Attic Radio through the Game Changer podcast or through my solo projects on the side through Fretzelmania made it to a hundred at least a hundred episodes under the Russell Attic Radio banner this is probably more like 200 and something overall that I've done including GCP including Fretz's Fave 5 and the 20 Bell Salute and all those and it's awesome you know I, I love doing this and I'm looking forward to this year uh, I'm going to continue doing the 20 year retrospective so I'm going to be going through 
the entirety of 2003, at least on SmackDown. There might be a special Raw or a special premium live event, pay-per-view, whatever the crap you want to call it, here and there. And speaking of PLEs, when the brand-exclusive events happen, I will only be doing SmackDown ones. So you won't hear me talk about Bad Blood 2003 or I think it's Unforgiven was a raw one. I'm going to be doing SmackDown ones. So you got Judgment Day. You got, I think, Vengeance is one of them. Uh, no Mercy 03. Holy crap, that's Vince McMahon versus Stephanie McMahon. Oh boy. And Lord willing, as we get into 2004, I plan to switch what year I'm going to review. And I'm just going to save that for... New Year's Eve 2023-2024. Uh, Holy crap, this year I'm going to be 39. So it's uh, really time to start, um, you know, taking care of myself. So I'll try to, you know, be a little healthier. I say that every year. But, you know, I am approaching 40 very very soon and it's not daunting it's not scary you know i'm i'm fine with it and let's just see where this world uh takes us i'm also going to be doing a couple of modern events like i will do a wrestlemania 38 review maybe the odd aew event especially on months where i don't have wwe classic pldes to talk about I got some guests lined up for some future shows, and uh, I look forward to uh, sharing these with you all. Now, SmackDown, January 2nd, 2003. We have a brand new year. We are still right in the genesis, not of McGillicuddy, of the Ruthless Aggression Era. And how else can you kick off a Ruthless Aggression Era year then with John Cena versus Rikishi. John Cena is just kicking off his rapper gimmick. I think he started a little bit late last year with it. He brought in Bull Buchanan, B-squared, as, as a heavy. Uh, spoiler alert, his time as a heavy is going to be coming to an end very soon. And who Cena has as his temporary replacement uh, is an interesting choice. So John Cena here is dropping a heavyweight dose of thugonomics and making a bunch of fat jokes at Rikishi's expense, like his butt looks like 20 miles of bad road. And to quote an old, uh, an old friend of a friend of mine, for every mile of road, there is two miles of ditch. Jake Speedy, shout out. Then there's more, more fat jokes. Then he says, you better call Jared and get on his Subway diet. And that joke aged very poorly and of course b squared ends john cena's rap session by saying booyah so he is uh johnny frets he is my cousin happy new year's norm hope you're doing well so rikishi sends cena right out of the ring and we have a big full circle moment here nate take a shot john cena wrestled on the final smackdown of 2022 continuing a was it a 20 year run of having at least one match on wwe tv and i guess john cena is the new undertaker that bald spot on the back of his head is making uh me feel kind of old although 
at this point in time in 03, I would have been turning 19. So, yeah, it still makes me feel absolutely freaking ancient. B-squared tries to cheap shot John Cena. Uh, I'm sorry, Rikishi, but is denied. And finally, behind the ref's back, he actually does, slamming Kish into the apron. And as Kyle from the Apron Belt Podcast can attest, that that is indeed the hardest part of the ring. Michael Cole and Taz are talking about next week on SmackDown from Tucson, Arizona, not very far from Albuquerque. They're going to begin announcing Royal Rumble participants. Meanwhile, in 2023, there is a match to qualify for the Rumble. I think it's between like Kofi Kingston and Top Dalla, or Flop Dalla, if you will. I forget who it uh, it even is, but it's a neat other full circle moment here. Uh, Nate, put your shots down, man. You've you've had enough. Uh, Cole says that B squared is wearing a doily on his head. Bobby Cannon grabs John Cena's chain. Rikishi does a great Kali choke slam to Cena, and in amongst the chaos and the and the ref bump and all that, John Cena rolls up Rikishi with Rikishi's feet in between the ropes to win this match. Don Marie comes out to the entranceway in her wedding dress, cordially inviting all of us to her wedding with Al Wilson. She says, don't get too used to me wearing this wedding dress because I'm going to take it off while reciting my vows and I'm going to make history and Mary Al Wilson in the nude. That is a thirst trap, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. Because after the break, Stephanie McMahon is bringing her party poop to the wedding, saying that she can't, indeed, marry Al in the nude. Next up, we have Chuck Palumbo versus Bill DeMott, the New Blood versus the Misfits in action. And as soon as I saw this match announced, I got a huge erection. We see a lot of hard shots between those two, between these two, because you know they don't let up and they bring it in the ring, especially Bill DeMott. But he also kind of uses that in an exploitative and bullying kind of manner. We see an avalanche by DeMott. Chuck then lands one of his own. Chuck with a suplex. He gets fired up, hits the dusty punches, goes for a discus punch, but is reversed into a Brody Lee lariat by Bill DeMott, who then wins the match with a simple reverse DDT, a scorpion death drop, a slop drop, if you will, and just kind of out of nowhere, Bill wins. You know, he has recently turned heel, so you got to get kind of a less flashy move because Bill DeMott, Hugh Morris, Hugh Direction is known for landing a moonsault and it is an extremely impressive feat for such a for such a big man. So it would be kind of off-putting if he used a flashy athletic top rope maneuver to win a match. See Justin Gabriel as a heel. At least he made the 450 splash as a heel member of the Nexus. Somehow look vicious, but Bill just used a basic reverse DDT to win. We then see a vignette highlighting and teasing the return 
of The Undertaker, who hasn't been seen on our screens since, I think, No Mercy, the Hell in the Cell match with Brock, says that the dead man walks again. Darkness consumes the night. Beckoning his return, the dead man walks again. And this has been the first true tease of Classic Taker that we have had in several years. And we wouldn't see classic dead man taker until uh, about a year from this point in time uh, see world rumble 2004 for the gong to hit at entrant number let's say 15 or something and then we see classic taker at wrestlemania 20 i might review that show despite the fact i won't be reviewing 2004 in wwe just a bit of a spoiler alert backstage billy Kidman and Tori Wilson have a chat. Tori is in her casual attire. She is not attending the wedding of her own father. She says that she doesn't condone it, but I will be here supporting dad if he needs me. Billy then previews how the wedding is going to go down, complete with uh, dead-on impersonations of Al Wilson and Don Marie. Backstage, Kurt Angle is with Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. This is the in-ring debut of Team Angle, the world's greatest tag team, whatever you want to call them. Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin are two wrestlers that have been in WWE system for two or three years at this point in time. Uh, Charlie Haas was tagging with his late brother Russ, who tragically died of a heart condition at the end of 2001. And uh, Russ would have been poised to allegedly maybe join this faction, but alas, he had a he had a heart condition, and it did, and it took his life. Shelton Benjamin did have a brief run in the WWE in early 2002 on mostly Sunday Night Heat, picking up wins against uh, D'Lo Brown and maybe people like Val Venus. With that, it's all about the Benjamins kind of entrance theme. His finishing move was called the money clip. Just that uh, step-up wheel kick that he always did in matches, which is just mwah. And he is another amateur standout, being a former tag team partner of Brock Lesnar. They apparently came through the ranks in the amateurs together as well. Kurt Angle is in, crutch in crutches. Selling an injury, I didn't read if it was legit or if it was um, storyline. But he's being asked by Matthews if he is prepared to face Chris Benoit, the new number one contender at the Royal Rumble. He says, am I prepared? Just, just show the footage. Show the footage. They show where last week, Team Angle jumped Chris Benoit. They show the footage. It's it's a big, long, extended beatdown with a lot of uh, tag team moves like the uh, the heart attack and the uh, super kick into the German suplex and and the Haas of Pain, a vicious submission move that we would see later on tonight. And Kurt Angle is putting over their amateur background. You know, Charlie Haas from Seton Hall. Shelton Benjamin, a University of Minnesota Golden Gopher, and Brock's former teammate, not only in OVW, but in NCAA as well. And he then says that Chris Benoit is from Canada. 
he probably dropped out of the University of Saskatchewan and made the practice squad in wrestling at best. Jeez, I didn't even make the practice squad. I tried out. Wrestling was too rough, and I didn't pursue it. Tonight, Chris Benoit has a mystery partner to take on the debuting Team Angle later in the show. Next up, we have a non-title match between Cruiserweight Champion Billy Kidman and one half of the Tag Team Champions, Eddie Guerrero. And the mullet is gone. And unlike Samson, Eddie's hair was not a source of his strength. This is a classic match that we have seen in WCW plenty of times. And the filthy animals explode. Yeah, do you remember that very, very brief period of time where Eddie Guerrero was in the Filthy Animals? I think it was right before the Radicals jumped ship to the Fed. Taz says that Eddie donated his mullet to little Timmy in the barrio. And that little boy from the barrio grew up to be the nostalgic Latino on TikTok. Look him up, he's great. Eddie has been messing with Billy Kidman as of late, sticking his face in his business. And Taz asks Cole, This is Mexico, Cole. Why don't they like Guerrero? This is New Mexico, Taz. Hmm, there's a New Mexico. Shout out if you get that reference. We see a really nice tabletop suplex into a float over, into a bridge by Eddie Cena then comes out to crash the party, rapping about, insert Mexican stereotypes here, like huevos rancheros, tacos, green cards, 1983 called they want their hairstyle back. I'm going to leave you stocking shelves at the local bodega. We're taking the tag team titles. Then this breaks out into a bit of a schmoz, where Kishi gets involved here to make the save. We... Then cut to a commercial break where this match continues because everyone else gets kicked out. But John Cena is remaining at ringside on commentary. Cena then begins speaking in in rhyme and in street slang. And he's rhyming just about everything that he says, that he retorts and banters with Cole and Taz. It's actually kind of impressive we then see a gory special into an airplane spin by Eddie and the ring. And, of course, the Davy Boy Smith Memorial chin lock. And on commentary, Cena is accusing Michael Cole of beefing with him. And in the ring, Eddie lands a really nice superplex. He's feeling froggy, but the frog splash is denied. Kidman with a really nice Kane-style falling powerbomb and a dropkick. The tilt-to-whirl backbreaker is reversed into the BK Bomber by Billy Kidman. A botch X-Factor, a high crossbody results into a two-count. There was a collision in the ring where they just bop heads. John Cena then, from ringside, chain shots Eddie, who's in the inside of the ring laying down. Shooting star pressed by Billy Kidman and Billy with kind of an upset on Eddie Guerrero wins this match. And this was a damn, damn good match and a good palate cleanser for what's to come. Oh, boy. It is the wedding of Al Wilson 
the shoot father of Tori Wilson, may he rest in peace, and Don Marie. I fast-forwarded a lot through this because there was just a lot of stalling, a lot of talking, a lot of taking each other's clothes off, and it was just there to put heat on Don Marie. And I looked at this preacher, and I wondered who he was. To me, he reminded me a little bit of Dr. Shelby, but with uh, his caffeine levels increased tenfold. And he asks, is there anybody here who objects to this? The crowd clearly does. No sign of Tori Wilson, despite the fact that the crowd is chanting her name. Don then says that she objects. It's like, Al, I can't marry you like this. Hmm? Okay, my ears perked up. I'm listening. Because I promised to get married naked. But Stephanie says that I can't do it. However, oh no, I know what's coming. She never said that you couldn't get naked, Al. So then Al gets stripped down into his tidy whities I think he's wearing the pins underneath. They look all, you know, bunchy. They look like there's briefs under there. Um, my, my mom's a nurse. I know what this stuff looks like. And it's, no, stop this. Please stop this. And then they pronounce each other man and wife. And we go from there into the next match. Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas against Chris Benoit and a mystery partner. Tonight's SmackDown is brought to you by SmackDown Shut Your Mouth for the PS2. By Subway, do not go on the Jared Diet. And by Dragon Ball Z Budokai for the PS2. A game and an anime I have no familiarity with. And the mystery partner is revealed to be... Edge. And I'm looking at him and Kurt Angle here, and I know this is around the time that Edge had to get his neck fused and have surgery. So I can tell him and Kurt are just both haggard and working with uh, a great deal of injury. You know, Kurt Angle would go on to have neck surgery of his own, almost missing WrestleMania 19. But that crazy bastard, that tough SOB, just pressed on. Edge couldn't function. I mean, I know what that's kind of like. I have a fused spine. So I know when things go go wrong, what everything feels like. And it's not fun, like, at all. We see great technical, Stu Hart-inspired, NCAA-inspired, Matt wrestling, technical wrestling between Chris Benoit and Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Edge knows his way around some holes as well because he he dabbled a little bit in the Heart Dungeon. I don't think he was fully trained by them. You know, I seem to remember you know Ron Hutchinson and Sweet Daddy Seeky being instrumental in Edge's training, but he was he was definitely sent down to to Calgary and he did a little bit of stuff with Maybe like Keith and even well, fucking Bruce Hart as well. And my lord, Shelton Benjamin, 20 years later, he is still absolutely amazing. And while I was watching this match, I just 
wrote something down because I was channel surfing on my TV while watching SmackDown on my laptop. I saw the Creed Brothers. You know, one of the Creed Brothers was having a match with uh, J.D. McDonough on NXT. And I thought to myself, holy crap, today, like Team Angle versus Creed Brothers would be an absolute gold mine or a diamond mine, if you will. Heck, those two guys would fit in perfectly with the diamond mine faction. In fact, let's make that happen. Let's add that to my 2023 predictions list that was on the podcast feed last week. Let me know what you thought of that. Haas then puts Edge in the Haas of Pain, an absolutely brutal-looking submission hold. It's like an elevated Texas cloverleaf sharpshooter-esque kind of move. If you've seen it, you you definitely know what I mean here. But Benoit breaks it up because he knows what that submission hold feels like, and it's not fun. Benjamin then goes for the money clip, his um, his spinning wheel kick move, but eats a face buster by Edge instead. Then Benoit and Benjamin, I mean Benoit and Haas, are both tagged into this match. Benoit is on a house of fire, giving everyone German suplexes, goes for Air Canada, but is denied. And then the two Canadians do stereo trio German suplexes, scoring a hat trick, unfortunately not a Gordie Howe hat trick. A Gordie Howe hat trick is, an, is a goal, assist, and a fight, so... I guess you can say they almost had a Gordy Howe in this one, but I move on because I'm the only person who's going to get these hockey references. A crossface onto Sheldon, a spear onto Haas, and just as it looks like Team Angle is going to tap out, Kurt Angle gets in the ring, wails them with title shot with a with a title belt, resulting in a disqualification. We then see a post-match beatdown in which both the ref and Tony Chimmel, the ring announcer, get abused. And just as Tony Chimmel announces that Edge and Benoit win by disqualification, Kurt Angle grabs him, threatens him, pushes the crutch on his neck, and says, wait, who won this match? Who won this match? And Chimmel is just... Team Angle wins. Team Angle wins. And, yeah, that's what I thought. So I guess it's the ring announcer's word that matters. The decision is reversed, but it's not really reversed. Backstage, we see Paul Heyman talking about his new client's team angle. Oh, have we a new dangerous alliance? I know Rick Rude had just passed away and Steve Austin had just retired. Terry Runnels is still employed. Uh, what was, uh, I can't think of what her name was in WCW, but she used like computers and all that to determine success. It was really ahead of its time and it was good stuff. The Dangerous Alliance, my God, that was, that was quite the faction. Paul Heyman talks about how proud he is of his clients. And he says that this venue is not sold out because of Brock Lesnar but because of my proudest client, my proudest achievement, The Big Show. And Big Show comes out here. Paul Heyman says that it feels so empowering to stand next to The Big Show. I feel like such a man standing next to The Big Show. And I've met The Big Show. I come up to maybe his gut, maybe his crotch. I can confirm. 
was very intimidating and maybe in a way empowering. <laughs> that is a very, very big man. Shredded too. I can confirm. He says to the Big Show that you never back down from a challenge. So we announce a challenge of our own for Brock Lesnar. For the man that you beat for the title at Survivor Series. This year at the Royal Rumble will be the greatest Royal Rumble ever. Um, wrong. The greatest Royal Rumble took place in Saudi Arabia because the title is the greatest Royal Rumble. And it had 50 people in it. He, Paul Heyman and Big Show, are on a mission for Brock Lesnar to never win the WWE title again. So, at the Royal Rumble, the Big Show challenges you to a match. And if you lose, you're not in the Rumble. Winner takes all. Loser falls to the wayside. And then out comes Brock who was jumped by Matt Hardy, version 1, and Shannon Moore? Oh, oh, we have a new student of matitude here. And Brock Lesnar is wailed in the back of the head with a chair and immediately is gushing blood. It must have been the same kind of chair shot that busted open Steve Austin at No Mercy 2001. If you know... You know, and it looks like it kind of looks like Brock is cut open hard way here because it it was just an ugly chair shot to the back of the head. Backstage, SmackDown, number one announcer, Funaki, is talking to Al and Don, the newlyweds. Don says that they're going to film their entire honeymoon, even the naughty bits. You know, so they're going to film themselves, um consummating the marriage if you will and then you know she basically says tori i hope you will watch me shag your dad and then funaki calls them dirty nunzio which i believe might be the in-ring debut of in the wwe aka little guido from the fbi and ecw versus crash holly josh matthews has taken the ring announcing duties from chimmel as he has selling his injuries or his trauma to the the beatdown from Kurt Angle. And Nunzio is in red and green FBI gear, just without the FBI logo on, on his tights. And I love the bit that Crash used to do where he kind of treats getting in and out of the ring as a rung-by-rung stepladder. That was a really neat little touch to him. Just oh, rest in peace, Crash. Just so, so underrated. And throughout this whole thing, Nunzio is working the arm with a whole lot of arm ringer-based attacks. And even winning the match with a tornado arm breaker, which I've never seen win a match before or since, as I know Nunzio would be adopting the Sicilian Slice and the Fujiara Armbar as finishers going forward. Backstage, Matt Hardy and Shannon Moore having a chat. And Matt Hardy is kind of putting him over and teaching Shannon Moore a lesson as well. You know, that's what you have to do to be a, a Mattitude follower. You know, last week I gave you some tough love. I think he beat him up or something like that because I didn't talk about SmackDown in the last couple of weeks. But it's tough love. That's how you become a sensei of Mattitude. Now, follow my lead tonight and do what I say. 
because next up we have Brock Lesnar versus Matt Hardy version one. No pyro for Brock jumping on on the apron and only one Matt fact. You know, it's also said here that Brock Lesnar is refusing medical attention and still bleeding from the head. PS2 presents Royal Rumble 2003 coming up on January 19th from the Fleet Center in Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm going to announce right here, right now, Fretzelmania 100 will be a review of Royal Rumble 2003 with Willie T from the Kings of the Rings podcast and talking with Tara Shook and Ambiguous Podcasting Solutions. One guy that I've wanted to have on my show for a really long time. So I'm looking forward to to that day. Our Matt fact of the day is that Matt always stays awake till sunrise on New Year's. And last night on New Year's Eve, I was asleep by 11.30 p.m. And I can't be any prouder of that fact. And right here, Brock Lesnar basically executes both V1 and V2. Brock is seeing red and going nuts, you know, with backbreakers and suplexes and throwing both these guys around. Moore is thrown into the wolves by Matt Hardy. Shannon Moore eats an F5. Matt Hardy then swoops in with a sneaky twist of fate, but Brock Lesnar kicks out. F5's Matt Hardy for the win, and for good measure, F5's him after the match as the Big Show and Paul Heyman are approaching the entranceway. So that'll do it. This was just a quickie episode, a quickie review. Uh, I'm going to take the the next uh, week or so off. Just well, it's mostly for the scheduling. You know, Will and I were trying to figure out a good day to record. We found what that's going to be, but that will also result in no podcast next week on the 13th. So you'll have to wait one more week to get uh, your weekly dose of Fretzelmania. So folks, that has been it. Thank you very much for for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Fretzelmania, F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast is available on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast also listen to the kings of the rings podcast streaming every wednesday night on youtube twitch twitter facebook you name it it's there about 8 p.m on a wednesday night why not join us on those platforms while they go over a whole lot of stuff in the world of wrestling also my good brother my former co-host on gcp nate the effing great is uh, killing it with brace for impact. He just dropped, I think it was Final Resolution 2007, I think it was. And that was quite an interesting show, an interesting episode as well. And although he is still on hiatus, I haven't heard anything to the contrary. But I got to put over my other good brother from another good mother, Zach from the YLP podcast. With Wrestle Kingdom looming, man, I can just uh, see him rubbing his hands as to how that particular event is going to play out. Follow us on Addict underscore Wrestle on Twitter, Wrestle Addict Radio, everywhere else. Join our Discord, join our Patreon, and uh, join us. And Happy New Year, folks. Once again, we'll see you soon.